0: This is uh, Dr. Pedro Ramirez, Editor-in-Chief of the International Journal of Gynecological Cancer, and uh, today I have the great pleasure of speaking again with uh, Dr. Uh, Koji Matsuo, who is Associate Professor of Obstetrics and Gynecology and Chief of Oncology uh, Research at the Keck uh, School of Medicine of the uh, University of Southern California. Uh, welcome, Koji.
1: Uh, Thank you very much for the kind introduction, Dr. Amiras, and also thank you again for finding our paper. Um, It is always my pleasure to talk to you, and then I do my level best today.
0: Well, thank you. Uh, The paper we're going to be talking about today is actually a a very interesting topic, I think obviously uh, significant relevance to gynecologic oncologists, and um, it's titled Cesarean Radical Hysterectomy for Cervical Cancer in the United States a national study of uh, surgical outcomes. So I wanted to start um, certainly by highlighting that obviously cesarean radical hysterectomy performed at the time of delivery in, pa- in pregnant patients. With cervical cancer, is obviously rare. It's a rare procedure. Um, yeah. But there's not sufficient data from large studies. So I wanted to first ask you, Koji, if you can tell us the reason as to why you and your team decided to perform this study.
1: Uh, yes, so I initially came up with this study question when I was a fellow in training for gynecological oncology many years ago. I had a case uh, for cesarean varicose hysterectomy with my mentor, Dr. Paul Morrow. I pulled his surgical textbook and then read about a chapter for this topic and then found that uh, there's a scarce evidence for this topic and the majority of recommendation on management is either anecdotal or based on the studies with uh, small and limited sample size. This is the reason and the motivation as to why I decided to work on this topic to examine how rare this procedure is and then what is a surgical mobility and mortality at the national level.
0: And Koji, um, can you tell us a little bit about um your your study design and uh, and also, I'm particularly interested if if you can focus on as well uh, on the dates that you selected why two thousand
1: and seven to two thousand and fifteen. Sure. um, this is a retrospective observational cohort study utilizing the national inpatient sample or NIS between two thousand and seven and then two thousand and fifteen. The NIS is population-based database managed and then distributed by the federal government agency, Healthcare Cost and Utilization Project, or HCAP. The NIS program covers nearly 90% of all inpatient admissions in the United States and then known to be a good resource to assess national trends and then estimates, as well as examine rare surgical procedures such as cesarean radical hysterectomy the inclusion criteria were women with cervical cancer diagnosis who had cesarean section and then radical hysterectomy during the index admission for the active comparator we examined non-pregnant women with cervical cancer who had open radical hysterectomy and then this is the reason why we chose the study starting point of 2007, um, before this year, the ICD-9 calls were not distinguishable for laparotomy and the lap- laparoscopy uh, for rare health And then st- uh, study end point of 2015 was chosen because the ICD-9 calls end, uh, ended in September of this year.
0: I see. And um, and Koji, obviously, when, when looking at these uh, large databases, usually... Large numbers of patients. So, what was the total number of patients that you evaluated, and how many of these actually had a cesarean radical hysterectomy?
1: Uh, yes. Uh, so, I believe uh, this is our study is likely the uh, largest sample size examined this uh, rare surgical procedure of cesarean radical hysterectomy. We identified 22,551 cases of any mode radical hysterectomies during the study period. Of those, there were 267 cases of cesarean radical hysterectomy, representing roughly 1% of all radical hysterectomy cases.
0: Yeah, so still quite a number of uh, radical, cesarean radical hysterectomies, 267. And, and what were the, the main findings of the, of the study?
1: Uh, yes, the key results of our study are two hold. The first findings is the patient characteristics. Um, when compared to women who had non-pregnant open radical hysterectomy, those who had a cesarean radical hysterectomy were more likely to be young, to be Hispanic, and to have a lower household income. Um, we also found that the cesarean radical hysterectomy offering centers were more likely to be large, urban teaching centers. And then second findings of our study is surgical outcome. Perioperative complication rate, length of stay for the admission, and a total charge were all higher in the caesarean hysterectomy group compared to open hysterectomy group.
0: I see, and, w- and one of the things, you, and you, I believe you also mentioned it was, and I found this interesting, was that um, Caesarean radical hysterectomy was more commonly performed in Hispanics and those with a lower income. And do you think this is just as a result of the high prevalence of cervical cancer in this group of patients or, or because of other reasons?
1: Uh, yes. Um, I think that the the referred group of Hispanics and um, lower uh, household income likely represent the high incidence population of cervical cancer in the United States, and I can't think of anything that any other reason that would explain this association. Okay.
0: And uh, one of the things that I noticed was that in the cesarean radical hysterectomy group, they had a higher rate of um, lymphadenectomy than the standard radical hysterectomy group. Like why do you think that was the case, and um, why do you think that 6% of patients did not have a, a lymphadenectomy at all?
1: In our study population, 98% of cesarean radical hysterectomies and then 94% of open radical hysterectomies underwent lymphadenectomy at the surgery. I do not know the exact causal reason for this difference, but uh, it is speculated that the centers offering cesarean radical hysterectomy are more likely to be urban teaching um, hospitals and then um, they may have higher likelihood of guideline adherence for surgical treatment for early stage cervical cancer. Um, as a whole study cohort, 4% did not undergo lymphadenectomy. Um, it, uh, it is unknown if this absence of lymphadenectomy was pre-planned or the surgeons aborted the surgical procedure due to technical difficulty or due to um, Interpretive
0: complication, yeah, and and I, I guess also that also includes perhaps patients where there was uh, an unsuspected lymph node that was sent for frozen, and if that was positive, then that's why those patients might not have had a full lymphadenectomy. Um, but in any event, I, I also was wondering um, if you had any data or any information as to how many patients underwent neoadjuvant chemotherapy during pregnancy prior to the cesarean radical hysterectomy?
1: Uh, Yes, um, in the cesarean radical hysterectomy group in our study, there was actually no patient who had the ICD code for history of chemotherapy exposure before the surgery. Um, In general, neoadjuvant chemotherapy is indicated for locally advanced cervical cancer during pregnancy, and then (coughs) Those who um, had microscopic cancer or small stage 1b disease can be observed prudently without neoadjuvant chemotherapy as long as the disease does not progress during pregnancy. So our study population of cesarean varicohyselotomy cases may actually represent early cervical cancer with stage 1a or small 1b disease. The NIRS database does not have information for cancer stage and then tumor size, mm. and then we can't uh, assess these detailed tumor characteristics in our analysis. Right.
0: Um, now, one of the things that um, obviously comes to mind when talking about cesarean radical hysterectomies is complications and complication rates. And uh, I guess not unex- unexpectedly, uh, you noted that the complication rate in the cesarean radical hysterectomy group was much higher than that in the standard radical hysterectomy group. Um, you know, number one is wh- why do you think that might be the case? And then uh, number two, the question I wanted to ask you was that regardless, the, the complication rate that you report is, is quite high in both groups, 45% for one and 32% for, for the other. Um, how, how are these complications categorized or classified in these large databases?
1: Uh, Yes, so uh, in our study, uh, in terms of um, effect size for analytic approach, um, cesarean radical hysterectomy had more than two whole increased risk of perioperative complications compared to non pregnant open radical hysterectomies. I think that the uh, reason for this increased risk of perioperative complication is due to the effect of a gestation in reproductive organs during pregnancy, um, increased and engorged vasculature in the pelvis during pregnancy can result in increased risk of bleeding during caesarean hysterectomy. A 45% of complication rate among the caesarean hysterectomy group in our study seems to be actually comparable to what has been reported in the literature. Um, multiple retrospective studies, mm-hmm. although uh, small in sample size, show the surgical mobility rate of 43 to 45 percent. That is similar to what we have observed in a study. Uh, we actually captioned more than 30 uh, complications um, based on the prior study, so we have uh, extensively uh, examined the complications. That's why, that's why um, they... Uh, baseline average may be higher than what uh, we expected. And then in terms of the complication rate in the non-pregnant open uh, record hysterectomy cases, I actually felt that uh, the, uh, the rate is not high compared to what has been reported in the Christian literature. Um, for example, in the recent LAC trial nearly half of the study population experienced at least one complication with any grade, uh, including interoperative and then postoperative periods. And the complication rates were actually similar between the uh, MIS and the open arms. Uh, specifically in the open arm, in the LAC trial, uh, the intraoperative complication rate was 10%, and then postoperative complication were around 50%. Um, the NIS database does not have um, information, and we can't distinguish the interoperative versus postoperative complication, and we can't assess uh, this outcome in our study. Yeah.
0: Yeah, as you were mentioning in the, in the LAC trial, and uh, in many of these studies, obviously if you report on any grade of complications, that's the complication rate that you're typically going to see around 40 50%. Um, now, what were the most common complications that you saw?
1: Um, the notable period complication uh, in the cesarean vertical hist group is that uh, there are markedly increased risk of hemorrhage uh, compared to uh, open case. And including? Co- co- uh, sorry,
0: uh-huh, the
1: ahead. rate of uh, this FII, the rate of hemorrhage was 27% in the cesarean vertical hysterectomy group and the 14% in the non gravit open uh, control group.
0: I see. And do you have any data on transfusion rates or no?
1: Uh, <clears throat> actually, the NIS does not have this information, and also, uh, exact blood loss is not available in the NIS program. So, actually, it is unknown if hemorrhage occurred during cesarean delivery or during radical hysterectomy or even post operative period. Um, because the average blood loss of cesarean delivery itself is known to be around one liter. This actually skewed the interpretation of analysis as to whether or not the radical hysterectomy part is associated with increased risk of hemorrhage. I see.
0: And Koji, one of the things that, uh, you know, particularly in developing countries, this may be more of an issue, but, you know, the issue of mortality during or associated with the, the cesarean radical hysterectomy. Um, did you see any difference in, in terms of mortality rates? I would imagine they would be very low, but th- was there any difference between the, the two groups?
1: Uh, this, uh, uh, this is actually an important question because surgical mortality is of the greatest concern in terms of preoperative out uh, complication. Um, if we quote the data from non cancer cesarean hysterectomy, the surgical mortality rate is as high as 1%. And the NYS specifically captioned the information for death during the index of admission. In our study, there, were, there was no perioperative complication, uh, sorry, no perioperative death in the cesarean hysterectomy group. And the mortality rate in the control group was 0.2%. Um, so there was no, uh, statistical difference between the two groups.
0: I see. And, um, and of course, obviously one of the, one of the points that always comes up is, is there any harm in waiting? Uh, because obviously whenever there is a diagnosis of cancer, one wants to address this as soon as possible. But given the data showing potentially higher complication rates, um, is there a difference? And, and one of the weaknesses uh, of the study is that you could not account for oncologic outcomes. But I was just wondering and and would love to hear your, your input with regards to, do you think that there is harm in waiting when a patient has cervical cancer and rather than doing the cesarean radical hysterectomy, just waiting six to eight weeks and doing it later?
1: Um. A hypothetical question from your comment is, again, whether or not additional wait time for postpartum radical hysterectomy increases the risk of tumor progression. The current consensus from expert panel is to schedule radical hysterectomy several weeks after cesarean delivery for women whom pregnancy is complicated by early cycle cancer, as you just mentioned based on the previous literature for expectant delay of delivery for microscopic and then small early stage cervical cancer during pregnancy. The wait time over several weeks is likely safe, but uh, the evidence examining the impact of long wait time and oncologic outcome in non-pregnant setting remains scarce and they need a call for um, more investigation.
0: Yeah, I agree. Now, you mentioned, obviously, surgical morbidity and the potential consideration of performing um, uh, the uh, radical hysterectomy four to six weeks postpartum. So a couple of questions about that. Uh, First, do you you think that the delay might really make the surgery easier, or could the delay make the surgery more technically difficult? And then second is do you take – Tumor size into consideration when making a decision of, do I do the cesarean radical hysterectomy now, or do I do a standard radical hysterectomy in four to six weeks? Does tumor size uh, impact your decision?
1: Uh, I actually quoted uh, this recommendation in the paper per the Dr. Morrow's textbook. With regard to the first question for surgical performance. Uh, there's uh, definitely no, uh, much, uh, not much study examining this uh, um, outcome for caesarean varicose hysterectomy, but I can quote the recent data from delayed hysterectomy for placenta crita spectrum. With six weeks of delay, surgical performance for delayed hysterectomy uh, was better compared to immediate hysterectomy after caesarean delivery in many studies delayed uh, hysterectomy is associated with less blood loss, resulted in less utilization of blood transfusion compared to the immediate hysterectomy. The investigators of these studies were speculating that the uh, wait time of six weeks will lead to decrease in uterine blood flow and to uh, regression and involution of uterine sites mm. and the surrounding structures. So uh, delay may help surgical performance of varical hysterectomy from this point. For the second question regarding tumor size as a decision-making factor for cesarean varical hysterectomy, I think that uh, this is likely the main factor for um, deciding the varical hysterectomy at cesarean section. In Moro's textbook, he described that uh, if patient has technically operable tumor region and she is medically operable, then radical hysterectomy can be performed according to the usual clinical pathological criteria at the time of caesarean section. In my personal view, small tumor size would be suitable for caesarean radical hysterectomy because larger tumor size may require more radical dissection mm-hmm. that may result in higher perioperative complication. I
0: see. Um, you you go on to recommend in your paper that cesarean radical hysterectomy should be performed at referral centers only. Um, do, do you have any data to support that statement or or is that sort of like your own personal view uh, as to what naturally makes sense?
1: Uh, this is completely based on my personal view of the uh, literature, uh, mainly uh, particularly uh, from cesarean hysterectomy for uh, placenta accreta spectrum. Um, this procedure is associated with high risk for hemorrhaging. And then the ACOR consensus statement describes that the comprehensive multidisciplinary care approach and um, blood bank capable for employing a massive blood transfusion protocol are the key to manage placenta accreta spectrum. Cesarean vertical is also associated with high risk of hemorrhage, and requires a multidisciplinary care approach with obstetricians, high risk MFM specialists, gynecologic oncologists, intensivist, and an anesthesiologist, and a blood bank. Mm-hmm. So, I think it will be ideal to manage this type of patient at the tertiary care referral center.
0: Mm-hmm. And now, Koji. You know, based on the results of this study, obviously you, you mentioned it's a very large study, lots of patients. Um, should we change our practice and no longer recommend cesarean radical hysterectomy based on the results of these studies? How do these results influence the conversation you might have with a patient? Um,
1: I think the first, uh, based on observation, it is paramount to recognize that uh, this surgical procedure is rare and then associated with high surgical mobility, but it does not increase the surgical mortality. And then um, both tumor and the patient status need to be factored when this surgical procedure is considered assessing case by case basis. Uh, benefits of concrete kind of like hysterectomy at the certain section are the uh, that the patient can avoid second laparotomy, and then wait time for lapar- uh, radical hysterectomy. This surgical procedure is also suitable for non-compliant patients. Mm-hmm. And, and last, um, if this surgery is to be performed, adequate blood product and then gynecological oncologist are the two key factors to have a successful surgical outcome and then need to prepare for this. So again, case-by-case case assessment is the uh, key word for um,
0: this procedure. so coach this this has been really uh, very very informative and thank you for taking us through this um, excellent uh, manuscript uh, titled cesarean radical hysterectomy for cervical cancer in the united states a national study of surgical outcomes published in the american journal of obstetrics and gynecology do you have any uh... closing uh, statements you would like to make uh...
1: yes uh, just one thing um, In the United States, there is a recent national trend of decreasing number of alicohysterectomies for early-stage cervical cancer in parallel to a decrease in cervical cancer incidence. This implies that the cesarean alicohysterectomy will become an even more rare surgical procedure in the future based on surgical volume. uh, Sorry, because the surgical volume can be a factor for data outcome, regionalizing this surgical procedure um, or surgical service to improve outcome may need to be discussed in the future. And again, Dr. Ramirez, thank you so much for the opportunity uh, for this interview and thank you very much for your time for this.
0: Oh, congratulations again on uh, another uh, excellent uh, manuscript.